0: On a cool, crisp, late summer morning, Mark Crady stepped out of his South Georgia home into a world all too familiar. What his father often reminded him was cruel and uncaring. Everything that Mark saw around him reminded him that his father was wrong. The world could not be so bad if it contained scenes so beautiful and moving. The whole place was littered with a great many cypress trees, Just looking at their immensity and splendor filled Mark with a sense of awe. The day was unusually cool for that time of year, but Mark loved it, and he didn't think of the world in the same terms that his father did. Mark was forced to endure the terrible, overbearing nature of his father, Thomas Crady Jr., even living in the same house, the ancestral home, one that long before had been the center of a vast plantation, setting the Crady family up to be some of the wealthiest people in the entire region. Mark couldn't stand many things about his father, Thomas, such as Thomas's views on the world and his views on all of those he deemed beneath him. Most of those beneath him placed there because of finances or the color of their skin— Mark often asked his father how he could see others as inferior based on such uncontrollable circumstances, how he could not see that everyone was a child of God, and all the other like and related questions that one could think of. At the age of twenty-six, Mark had become the youngest manager in the history of Crady Steelworks, a fairly small yet substantial production plant that had guaranteed the family's security. Mark's great-grandfather, Silas Crady, began the business at the beginning of World War II, passing it down to his son, and that son to his son, and so forth. Mark had never planned to take over the family business. He would have been just as happy working on the floor with the rest of the men as to assume the leadership role. In fact, he would have preferred it. But unfortunately for Mark, when his older brother Michael died, there was no question of who would one day soon run things. Mark had become the sole surviving son of Thomas Crady, Jr. Thomas had aged more quickly than his years had passed, and had grown very weary of his position in the company. Most of all, he couldn't stand to look at the countless employees that were of such lowly stations in life— that Thomas called them by many callous and heinous names. Mark had dreaded the day that he would take over the steelworks, but he knew that he had no choice. In Thomas Grady Jr.'s eyes, Michael had been able to do no wrong, and Mark could never do any right. Mark knew that he had an obligation to fulfill, one to his family, even one in particular to his father. Mark detested the job, being placed so high above others that he considered his friends. He knew that the lot had to fall on someone, and that someone was Marcus James Crady. Thomas, as uncaring as he was toward his son, thought it a great idea that Mark had begun his journey in the company by working on the production floor, really getting to know the ins and outs of the business from the ground level. What Thomas hated, however, was that by doing so, Mark was associating with lesser elements of our delicate society. A particular assemblage of that lesser element was the King family. Darius King and his brother-in-law, Aaron Jones, had both worked for Crady Steelworks for many years. In fact, the history between the Crady family and the King family went back many generations. Thomas's great-great-great-grandfather had owned the Jones family as chattel property before the War of Northern Aggression. Mark had been, for a very long time, best friends with Darius' son, Tiberius Lamar, affectionately known as T.L. With such a deep history between the two families, it seemed only likely that a member of one family would grow close to a member of the other,